welcome to the Squats and Signs podcast hosted by USA National Team Head Coach Aaron Comesti and SNS Barbell Owner and Coach Joe Cristando. In this podcast, we go over various powerlifting topics in detail and use real-life examples to help you better understand key concepts. Welcome to Squats and Science Podcast, Episode 11. I'm Joe Cassando, joined with Aaron Kamesi. Uh, how's it going, man? Uh, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. All that good shit. <laughs> how was your How was your holidays? Good. It's, I mean, it feels a little bit different, just like being at home all the time and not have to like, go from meet to meet, airport to airport. Yeah. Are you freaking out? <laughs> now nah, I actually get to like get work done, do a little bit of working out, eat a little bit healthier. Yeah, how's that going? Good. Uh, at bench nationals, uh, end of August, I was 103 kilos, and then this morning I was 98.8 kilos. Oh damn, that's pretty good. So working my way down. It's all that squatting. <laughs> or not eating pizza. Yeah, not eating <laughs> pizza. Not eating. <laughs> Not eating Chick-fil-A and fucking all kinds of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. That'll help. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Well, since we're in the, the new year, we're, uh, we figured we'd do a, a review of last year. Um, yeah. See what uh, our athletes did, see what people thought the top performances were, and then maybe if we have time, look a little forward and know uh, what we think is going to happen this year. Yeah, sounds good. Um, you want to go over some of your... your featured athletes from 2019 yeah i guess we'll start with uh, our athletes i try to like think back from the beginning of last year through to see uh what what we had going on um one of the big things is we had a few lifters go to bench worlds in japan um so we had for example at kate mendel who won at nationals uh, raw and equipped and she went to bench worlds and did raw um, competed there i think she got like uh ninth place um, in a competitive 57 kilo class. Then I had uh, Chelsea Hustad do the equipped 57th, and she got a uh, third place there. Um, and then I also had Joanna Reaver from Canada um, go there, and she competed in the Masters and Open. Um, last year was like the first year the IPF lets you do and enter multiple divisions. So mm. she got first in the Masters and best lifter in the Masters, then got like one day off, and then came back and did the Open and got a uh, third place in the Open. So it's different sessions. It doesn't. You can't r- register as master and open, and then one session counts for both, right? Yeah, we'll see going forward if they ever try and change the way they structure the schedule, like sometimes USAPL does. But for that meet, yeah, they did all the raw lifting first, and then had the raw banquet, and then they started the equipped, and then within each uh, category, they went through the usual masters, sub juniors, juniors, and then open. So she gotcha. did the, the Raw Masters, and then she had a day off. We went like into Tokyo and did stuff, and then she came back and did the uh, the Raw Open. That's crazy. Yeah. Did, did you, numbers-wise, was it the same? Or did you have to like sandbag one for the other? Well, it was easy to, to sandbag the Masters because she's just so far ahead of the other Masters in her, uh, in her class. So we just did enough just to uh, – basically do a heavy heavy day and to win and actually like i said it was enough for the best lifter so that's how good she is in the masters to save it for the the open so then in the open we had to push it more um 
in the Masters also, um, I believe it was, yeah, it was in the Masters. We tried to chip the uh, the world record, but she made a mistake when they said start. Um, she thought she, they said to replace the bar, so she racked the bar and didn't even get to attempt that weight. Well, so, so it turned out being a little bit more sandbag than we wanted to. But, yeah, I mean, there's different strategies you can employ. Um, if it was a full meet, maybe some people would, like, pass on some third attempts to see for the equipped. Yeah. Um, but uh, when we talk about some of the top performances, you'll see one of the performances that they, they didn't sandbag at all. Yeah, that's just interesting. Yeah. And then um, we also had a few lifters do the North American powerlifting championships. Uh, so we had, uh, obviously, Sarah Brenner do that. And she finally got to broke, break, break her world record deadlift. So she's been doing them unofficially or doing the American record for a few years now. She finally got to go to international meet. Broke the world record on her second attempt and then bumped it up more in her third attempt. Um, and then also at Raw Nationals, she ended up breaking unofficially and breaking the American record going up further. Yeah. Uh, and then just for Raw Nationals, is our, our biggest meet basically of the year towards the end. Um, we had like a dozen of my lifters, plus you guys had a handful from the gym and some people you handled. So mm-hmm. I had I had uh, Jonathan Garcia in the 66 Open. He got second place. Uh, just a little bit disappointing for us. We were hoping to get first place, but we had some issues with the, the third squat. But he still came away with the uh, American record in the bench yeah. um, and, and another second place finish. So that's pretty good. Um, and then I had uh, just another lifter to mention was Lauren Roseman, who did the North American Championships and Raw Nationals. And at Raw Nationals, she got first place in her M1 category. Yeah, she had a good meet. Yeah, so she's been with me with uh, a few meets now. Um, and it's just trying to like fix some technique here and fix the peaking and, uh, figure out what meets to go to. So she went to North Americans, uh, one that had a lot of fun there and then finally got to come to raw nationals and, and win the M ones there and have fun there. So, uh, she actually got invited to bench worlds in Czech Republic, but passed on that and got invited, <laughs> got invited to masters worlds in South Africa and passed on that just because, uh, it's a lot of money, and uh, they're not as exciting as uh, North Americans will be in the Cayman Islands this year. So that's where she's hoping to go. So she's trying to go to NAPF again. Yeah, I mean, she likes the the the, the team of uh, people that regularly go to North Americans. She likes the coaches, and obviously, Cayman Islands sounds like a better vacation spot than uh, Czech Republic. <laughs> yeah, that's possibly a, a little cheaper too, since. Uh, Europe and South Africa might be eight hundred to a thousand dollars just to fly there. Yeah, the flights are ex- expensive. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty pretty good. Two thousand nineteen overall. Yeah, pretty pretty quick uh, snapshot of what we did in twenty nineteen. But yeah, overall pretty successful. Uh, how about you? Um, so I, I had a handful of athletes qualify for nationals. Most of them did pretty well. Two standouts were Jennifer Salter who took the second place in the uh, 57 M1s. But because Joanna Aida was phasing it to the M2, she got the the world nomination. She was pretty hyped on that. I'm pretty sure she's going. Um, I'd be shocked if she didn't go. And her her husband, Rob Ward, uh, he took second. He was phasing into M1 next year and took second in that I'm not really sure how that works because he competed as in the open, but his he had a qualifying total for the M1s for 2020 and came in second uh, to Jason Mike. And if 
I guess if he passes, he, he'll get a nomination. I'm not really – you probably know better than I do how that works. but Yeah, so since basically for us, since our Raw Nationals is the year before, there are some people that age up or age out of certain categories. So what the coaches basically do is once the meet's over, they take the results and you basically just sort it by date of birth instead of the actual categories they compete in. So anyone whose date of birth falls into that M1 category for this year – would be ranked in those weight classes. You would see who the top ranked people are. So yeah, like you said, Jason Mike should be the top ranked M1, and then Rob should be the second ranked M1. Um, so Jason would get the automatic invite, and Rob would go on the alternate list. And then based on who declines their automatic invites, he might be shifted from the alternate list onto the team. Um, right. So for now, he's on the alternate, but it'd be cool if both uh, Jennifer and Rob both get a, a spot on the Masters team. Yeah, that'd be awesome. They go together, take their kids, yeah. have a, have a vacation. Yeah, do do a little safari. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But beyond that, it was pretty. A lot of my lifters got knocked down by the uh, the tick in the total qualifying total. So this year, next year is spent trying to get some of those people back to nationals because that's just their their goal. That's what they want to do. Yeah, and last year you had a few people compete at regionals, right? Uh, yep. We had Shane and got, Shane got the qualifier at regionals and don't know who else, none of my athlete athletes, but I think Shane had one or two people. Uh, so okay. a couple people under the SNS banner, but no, nobody that I personally coached. Cool. Yeah. Um, I just want to also mention that I, I thought my, my favorite thing coaching portion from 2019 was helping you at Sarah at nationals. Cause that was actually, I was like a pretty, it, it was, it was competitive, right? It was like the first time she ever had to fight for a second place against mm-hmm. Mah- Mahalia Reeves. And, uh, I don't know. It just, it was, it was, it was exciting. It was fun, fun to be a part of that. It, it, it's funny that like this year you, you liked it a lot uh, or last year and the year before Jordan came too, and Jordan was all excited too. It's like, always that like battle at the end previous years it was the battle for the deadlift like who can get the american record and what strategy you use and then this time yeah it was a combination of um her fighting for the total and trying to break her own uh, deadlift record so it's like oh well, which one do you go for and that kind of stuff so it's funny that you guys get so excited for for those numbers <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess i guess we're dorks <laughs> but I, I also i also liked seeing sarah uh pushed like that right kind of like just like an extra push from somebody behind. Um, and I think going forward that, that, that'll help her, I, I think, but yeah. And, and that final number ended up being like what she wanted to deadlift anyways. It was like what her kind of like what her goal for her deadlift was anyways. So it was like what she wanted. Um, it was breaking her own American record and it was to put her into a uh, second place on the total. So it was like exactly what she wanted, put it in, she went and pulled it everything worked out. Yeah, it was awesome. Super fun to watch. Yeah. Um, all right. So now that we went through some of our athletes, we could talk about uh, the sport on the whole. Um, what, what were some of your top performances from 2019? So I, I threw up a little uh, questionnaire on my Instagram story, too, to see what people would send to me of what they thought some of the top performances were. And one of the ones that came up the most often that uh, I kind of find, found surprising, not that it wasn't a top performance. I believe it was. But I was surprised that so many people knew about it and submitted it 
was uh, Anna Castellane at their um, their South American Championships. She competed both in the Raw and equipped in the, in the same championship within the same week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she broke the world record total in both of them. So that's insane. That, yeah, that's crazy that like for the 72s, Kim Walford has been so dominant. She wins worlds every year. She has the world record so high. Um, and for Anna to come in um, and break that and then be able to recover in time and make weight again to come back and do the equipped and break that world record too was uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, that, that's wild. I mean, she's she's a veteran. She's been around for a long time, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like she might not always get the credit that she de- deserves since she's won Raw World, she's won Equip World, she's won World Games, she's been around a long time. Uh, but I guess this is starting to put her on the map that she broke the world record in, in both. Um, and we'll see what she can do going forward if she can come back and win another uh, World Championship and World Games coming up next year. Yeah, that'll make Raw Worlds pretty spicy. She's doing Sheffield, too, I think. So that, that, that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, she uh, switched her coach. I don't know if it was like leading into this meet or what, but she switched her coach to uh, Dietmar Wolf, who used to be the coach for Norway, is now the coach for Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a, a lot of experience in weightlifting and powerlifting and, and raw and equipped. So it'll be interesting to see now with, with him. And he puts like importance on certain meets and, and less importance on certain ones. Um, so he's focused on getting her into Worlds. We'll see how she does. Yep. Uh, who else you got? Um, another one that came up a lot was, uh, and I think King of the Lifts made her like comeback of the year or whatever like that, was Maria T. Um, coming back on, she missed her second deadlift on grip and then came back on her third deadlift and was able to hold on to it for like a RP 10, like 10, 15 <laughs> second grinder to, uh, to come back and, and win. And she broke the, the world record total. Um, which is pretty great because she's been competing in the 57s and 63s for a couple years now, and it's just been coming into second place or third place and um, maybe get a, a world record squat but couldn't put the total together. So uh, I think a lot of people are happy to see her come back down to the 57s and get the win and get the world record total. Yeah, that was crazy, especially since Megan Scanlon had broken the squat record and the bench record and the total record. Yeah, and she had this, uh, Megan had the the higher nomination going in, and and Maria had just done a, a similar total, I think, but in the 63s. So people were like, oh, she has to cut down to the 57s now. Her total might take a hit. Uh, Megan was putting some big numbers in in the training, um, and then again, the the craziest thing is like you watch that second attempt miss, and and you think like, okay, there's no way she's gonna come back and get this. Uh, and I didn't see it happening, but one of the other coaches from USA saw the coach from Canada wrapping Maria's wrist with uh, a lot of people think like you wrap the uh, wrist with wrist wraps really tight. It pushes on those muscles and those nerves and stuff like that. That keeps the hand closed. So they saw the Canadian coach like really cranking down on those wrist wraps as hard as they can and wrapping her wrist. And somehow, I don't know if that helped or not, but she went out there and held it for, I don't know, like I said, 10 to 15 seconds maybe and locked it out. So it was just like a a crazy moment on that last uh, attempt. Yeah, I've never heard of that with the wrist wraps. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll see some people doing it, and sometimes it might be just for like um, advertising or sponsorship if they're sponsored by someone to wear the wrist wraps for all three lifts. But some women do say that like pushing down on that wrist with the wrist wraps can help keep the the hand closed. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, yeah but and, her, her third pull was insane. Yeah, and uh, 
another thing I, I actually looked up on Open Power thing. I know we switched to IPF points, so we don't really see the Wilkes points anymore. But on um, Open Power, you can see the uh, the Wilkes or IPF points you can choose. Um, and I know a lot of people hate on IPF points. So if you look at the Wilkes points, for some people think it was better. She actually now has the highest female Wilkes um, for all the IPF meets at 562.65. So like before the standard was around 550, like Kim had like 550 and um, Wei Ling Chan had 551. Um, and those had been sitting there for a long time. And then Maria comes in here and puts in uh, 562 now that the Wilkes points are gone. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Um, who else you got? I I'll keep going, and we'll stick with a uh, with a Canada. I uh, have a few Canadian lifters that I coach, and some ones that follow me. And so they were all sending in uh, Raya Stin at <laughs> uh, at at Equip World. So she had already been doing well all year with like winning nationals. She dominates uh, Canadian nationals all divisions. She did well um, in bench-only competitions, breaking the bench-only world record. Um, so then this was like the last thing is Equip Worlds in November. Uh, she moved up to the 84s. So some people thought that like, going up a, a weight class would be more difficult. Um, and she ended up breaking the world record bench there, um, the world record total and winning, uh, which was uh, another championship title to put onto her resume since she's, she's already won uh, Junior Worlds and, and Bench Worlds and other events. Yeah, that's cool. Canada's Canada's came up in 2019. Yeah, I mean, Canadian the Canadian raw team was starting to get stronger these last couple of years and get a little bit more competitive. They bring some more juniors and and masters, and they're doing well. Um, and now they're trying to build up their equipped team. I mean, Ray has always been there. Uh, her husband Ryan's always been there. But now you got people like Bryce Krawcheck trying it out, coming and get a world record deadlift. So yeah, they're definitely they're definitely coming up. And actually. Um, Based on her whole year performance, but especially that one, she got nominated one of the months for Athlete of the Month for the World Games Association. Oh, and that's then now, cool. And now she's the powerlifting representative for Athlete of the Year for last year um, for the World Games Association. So, like, the voting is going on right now. You can go to worldgames.org and go vote for her every day. That's awesome. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how she does. Um Last year, the voting was for Jennifer Thompson for 2018. I think she got up to second place. Um, though it was a little bit questionable with uh, the voting went down on certain times where, like, the U.S. is all trying to vote and stuff like that. But she still ended up getting second best out of all the sports on there. It's rigged. It's all rigged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how Rhea does this year with the, the voting. Hopefully she can uh, pull off the win for Powell thing. That'd be cool. That'd be cool to see. Um, then we got... The Amanda Lawrence and Danny Mello battle at Worlds. That was probably one of the craziest things all year, at least for me. Yeah, it, it wasn't. This one was submitted to by some people, and it's not really a top performance, but it's a top performance by both athletes battling against each other at the same competition. And that's like what a lot of people want to see is they. It's nice to see sometimes where one lifter is so far ahead and just dominates and can go for big numbers and put together those big numbers. But it's also to see like two, two competitors, three competitors, four competitors, all closely in total just battled out on each lift. So we got to see that one between them two. And, and people were waiting to see the rematch because um, they had already competed at nationals before, uh, but they ended up not doing the Arnold, so they didn't get to compete there. Um, Amanda originally was on the junior team and then got switched over to the open team. So then we finally got to see the battle again um, at Worlds. Um, yeah. Danny passed on 
nationals too. Yeah, so then we haven't seen the battle uh, after Worlds, um, but for Sheffield, they should both be battling it out again, so we'll get to see it again. Yeah, and the incentive is pretty pretty high. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's just it's just crazy because um, a lot of people um, think about all the variables it takes to go to Worlds, and we put this in like in our coaching emails to our teams about like having to travel all the way. Last year was in Sweden, having to travel all the way to Sweden. The time zone changed, the food changed, the, the sun was like never going down, um, the stress of trying to win worlds, you're battling it out with someone who's a similar total as you. And so there's a lot of different variables, a lot of stresses that can kind of like hinder your performances um, doing that kind of stuff. So to see both of them put their top total together and all the world records were broken. Squat bench, deadlift, and total were all broken between the two of them. Um, and they both ended up finishing with the same total and they went down to body weight. Um, so that was like crazy to see both of them, um, having that great of a performance on that big of a stage with all the other variables in there. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't see that very often. Yeah. And if you just go look at, uh, Amanda at nationals afterwards, put up the same total, um, with much less traveling and everything like that. So that total at Sweden just looks that much better. Yeah. Yeah. So Sheffield, Sheffield's going to be probably insane. Both their training has looked real, real good recently. So, yeah, I mean, you got another whatever six months uh, from from nationals to get stronger. Um, training has been looking good. Um, again, you got a little bit of the, the traveling you got to deal with, um, but again, it'll be another high level meet to see them go at it and see the strategy of like um, wanting to break the world records versus like wanting to win the uh, overall mo- prize money, that kind of stuff. I'm guessing neither of them are going to do the Arnold because the turnaround would be two weeks or something like that. Yeah, from what I see in the roster, I think they're they're both not on there. So pretty much everyone who's doing Sheffield is passing on the Arnold, and then whoever didn't get invited to Sheffield is is doing the Arnold, either like the Grand Prix or the Pro American. Right. Uh, who else you got? I got a uh, few people nominated. Uh, Blaine Sumner for bench press. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at the Arnold, he bench pressed 455 kilos, which converts to 1,003 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so basically, in, in the last couple of years, um, some of it's probably due to the change in the IPF rule. They used to have a rule that you couldn't touch below your xiphoid process, mm-hmm. which is like right below the, the lower chest and the and upper abs. So not being able to touch below that made it a lot more difficult for uh, – bench shirts to because you want to touch lower to basically cut the range of motion and stay in the groove but then they're not allowing it so it kind of like held them back once they took that away it seems like blaine's numbers have been shooting up he hits 900 pounds and now he hit a thousand pounds uh, and a bench only so that was crazy for people to see um just all the weights on there and him having to hold it um and just like pushing the limits of like his body and the bar even itself was pretty crazy. Yeah. Didn't he do, he did a full meet and then benched, right? And a bench only. Yeah. If I remember correctly, he did the bench only first and he did that. That's where he did the thousand three pounds. And then he did the full meet um, and he wasn't able to get it. So his actual bench in the full meet was less. Um, and I believe he did try a thousand three or maybe slightly below. And what happened is he, I guess went a little bit too low and the position of his forearm kind of like tilted towards his uh, toes 
And when you point that way, it kind of like tips over on you. Mm-hmm. So if anyone was there that watched it or if there's a video online, you'll see like, I think especially the left side, it tips over on him and he loses onto his belly. And with the the new rogue racks, the safeties don't go high enough for how massive he is. <laughs> so so the bar is on his belly and the safeties are too far away. Um, so it's just like, so it's like stuck on him and he can't push it. So then the spotters, the two on each side, plus the liftoff guy runs back up there, plus Blaine's coach Dan runs up there and have to lift a thousand pounds off of him back onto the hooks. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. So again, that that just like kind of shows for like the, uh, the the thousand and three he did do in the bench only, like uh, how good of a performance it was, how he was able to stay in the groove and hold on to the weight and be able to lock it out. And push the limits of like his body, the bench shirt, the uh, the bar itself, and everything like that. Because when he tried it again, the full meet, uh, he wasn't able to execute it, and it freaking almost crushed him. Yeah. Well, luckily it was all right. Yeah. And um, then he went on to uh, equip worlds. I know he. I know a lot of people just see his thousand three pound bench as like, oh, that was an amazing bench. But he did go on to equip worlds where he put together the world record bench for the uh, full power. And the world record total, and he won. So that's like another good performance to put in for him for the entire year. Yeah, he did a pretty good year. Uh, he was injured earlier in the year, or to, end of 2018, right? Yeah, end of 2018 was when he uh, dumped the uh, yeah dumped himself into the rack and cut his arm open, and that was going into uh, into worlds. Yeah, so it's a pr- pretty good comeback. So yeah, way to come back and get the the bench only world record at 1,003, and then get the full power bench, get the world record total, and get the win. Um, good momentum going into uh, this year as everyone in Equipped is trying to qualify for the World Games. Right. And then uh, a lot of people submitted Ray Ray's performance, right? Yeah, a couple people submitted Ray. That's kind of one I also wanted to put in there myself because I think a lot of people were just looking at what's happening now or what's happening in the last few months. And what's happening in the last few months is uh, as everyone knows, unfortunately, Ray bombed out of Worlds, and then he came at Nationals, and he just put a low performance together. So mm-hmm. a lot of people just see that of like, okay, he put up a zero, and then he put up like a 900-something total. Um, he didn't have a good year. Um, maybe he's like uh, backtracking in strength and stuff like that. But if you go look at his Arnold performance, which is still part of last year, that's arguably one of the best performances ever. Um, so <laughs> So some of the statistics I just looked up um, on the art database and on Open Power thing is at the Arnold, he broke the American record squat and the total. There were unofficial world records because we didn't have the international sanction for that, so we couldn't set world records. So they would have broken the world records, but he still got the American records. Uh, and on Open Power thing, it's the biggest raw squat and the biggest raw total um, in all their data points they have on there. And then again, if we look at the Wilkes formula again, which I know a lot of people hate on the IPF points because it hurts the uh, supers so much and even the 120. So if we look at the Wilkes instead, he had the second highest uh, male Wilkes at 593.83. So he almost got up to that 600 uh, point Wilkes bear. Crazy. Yeah, you can't you can't take that away from him. Too bad meets yeah. doesn't doesn't erase that. <laughs> yeah, and and the the highest uh, male Wilkes listed on there is from like. 2002 or 2003. Um, so basically, in the last decade, he has the uh, the highest Wilkes, the highest squat, and the highest total. Who was that? Who's the? Uh, I'm trying to remember how to pronounce his last name. It's like Andrej Stanisek. Um, he was like in the 
59 kilo or whatever weight class it was back then for the for the lighter weights gotcha. uh guy the guy's like sub five feet tall or whatever like that so yeah i i know a lot of people hate on the wilkes that it's like you get so many points for the extremes this kind of shows that the highest wilkes is like the very bottom weight class and the second highest wilkes is the highest weight class right yeah the distributions are kind of wacky yeah but uh, still i i see that as a uh, a top performance he might have not had his best year, but that Arnold performance was still a top performance for last year and, and one of the best ones ever. Yeah, I got to see that in person. That was pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, I was actually like uh, having a conversation slash arguing with some people of who the most impressive lifter is. And I was saying Ray Williams based on this performance, and they were saying Dennis Cornelius based on 2016 Worlds. And so I was looking at some of the numbers and like, Ray's uh, squat and total uh, are farther ahead second place than Dennis is farther ahead of his second place competitor. Right. So, so basically, it kind of shows you like how far above he is the next person, how dominant he is. So again, that just shows how good Ray's squat and total was at that Arnold performance. It's like he's three percent above the next best person. Yeah. If if Ray is healthy, he's untouchable. No one's even close. Yeah. Um. So we'll see in 2020. I think that those last two were kind of just outliers, and he'll bounce back. Yeah, and then there's a lot of factors involved. Some of the stuff that he didn't tell people, some of the stuff he didn't tell people, uh, possibly. So we'll see how it is with uh, getting married and having the kid and finishing his degree, uh, seeing what he wants to do as a career, and then like uh, it's football season right now and everything like that. So we'll see how he can juggle all that with getting his training in and getting his strength levels back up for Sheffield and, and Worlds. Yeah, still got two months, so. Yeah. Just about two months. Um, any any other standouts from 2019? I mean, those were like the, the top ones that were either submitted or that I can think of without going like too far down the list. So yeah. there's plenty of top performances out there. If you just say like, okay, where were some of the, the best things? that people did, like Atwood at Worlds, Russ at Worlds, those were like the best totals ever. They broke some other world records, um, over 10 times bodyweight totals. Um, same with Charles Okpoko in the 66s. Um, so there's a lot, of, a lot of great performances out there, but these are the ones that were just submitted the most often and, and some of the, the, the craziest or like uh, best things that happened either last year or even across multiple years. Yeah, 2019 was a pretty wild year for the sport i think uh it just seems like every year the limits get pushed further and further of what's possible and it it just it all scales up if you see like i don't know i I think like eight years ago like a 700 pound deadlift for pretty much any weight class would be impressive and now you have it's like standard from the 74s up like it just shifts everything up, right? I, I don't know. It just seems like every, like last year was particularly just a big jump, and that yeah. that's, that's anecdotal. I'm not you know I'm not using numbers for that. I'm just for what I've seen. Yeah, definitely you got you got more people coming in the sport. You have more countries in the sport, and then some of the countries are also developing more into raw or maybe even female lifters and and getting a bigger group in there. And you'll get to see these uh, new lifters come out. Um, like for the 63s, it was basically uh, Jen Thompson dominating for so many years. And then uh, Sam Calhoun came on. Again, it's another USA lifter. Um, 
Sometimes you had Maria T go up to 63s, another North American lifter. But now you just see these these last like six months, all of a sudden the Europeans are taking over to 63s. So you yeah. had you had uh, Sam lose at Worlds yep. to uh, to the Italian car Garola, oh. um, and she she broke 500 kilo total, which is like I think it was the first time um, in the world record total. So that was in June, and then in October. Sam came back at nationals and broke 500 kilos. And I believe up that total, even though it's just nationals, it's not an international meet. And then at the end of the year, the European championships, you had uh, another lifter from France, I, I believe Priscilla Boyle, who even bumped that one up even further. Um, so it's pretty crazy. Just like yeah. the back and forth. That was actually one of my, <clears throat> one of my favorite things from worlds to watch was the squat battle between the French girl, whose name I can't remember and Carla. And then, I think Sam was ended up being third there, but between the French and the Italian, that was that was wild. And next year, if the three of them are, are healthy at Worlds, I think that that's going to be insane. Yeah, it's crazy. The, all, all three of them now have over 500 kilo total. So then it's like, okay, what can they do on, uh, on the international stage going against each other? Um, and then one one way class up in the 72s, like we had mentioned already, Anna broke the the total at the South American championship. Um, so that was like one person breaking a, a U.S. lifters total. And then at the end of the year, there was a Russian girl, a- Angelica. Oh yeah. Who, uh, who broke that total. Um, and I believe she, she was at worlds and she underperformed, maybe got like uh, third or fourth, something like that. Um, and then now she's been able to put a monster total together and break the world record. So we'll see how she does. Yes. Yeah, that, that, performance from uh the european championship was pretty crazy yeah there's uh several world records broken in there in the, in the juniors and the open um and sub junior i didn't see too much of the other ones but uh, i'll turn it on and and uh, since they're like six hours ahead they're already be already into it and yeah. you'd be like oh new sub junior world record new junior world record all this crazy stuff going on over there yeah um all right so how about looking forward to 2020 what do you what are you excited for yeah, I mean the the typical meets are the the ones that are in the previous years. You got like the the, the Arnold for the North Americans in uh, March. You have Worlds in June. Uh, you got now the European Championship, which is a big thing too at the end of the year. Uh, but now with the new thing we have that everyone's looking forward to is the the Sheffield by SVD. That's going to be a couple weeks after the Arnold. So like we said, those top lifters that and got invited to the Sheffield are skipping on the Arnold and going over there. So that's going to be a interesting competition all around just to see like, will everyone be healthy and make it to the competition? What will the uh, setup be like? What will the live stream look like? That kind of stuff. And then uh, just seeing the actual battles, like who's going for focusing on their weight class and breaking world records in their weight class, who's not worrying about their weight class and go for maybe best lifter and win the prize money, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a that's one of the highest payout meets ever. I think. I mean, it's a it's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, as far as I know, they haven't put the specific breakdowns of what each prize thing is, but I believe the highest prize payouts are both both of them for both the uh, best lifter by IPF points and the biggest total. I think are the same amount. Yeah, yeah, I think that's gonna push a lot of those people to try and go for the money, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, so like for the men's side, you could see um, two different winners. 
So like the best IPF points could be like a 74 or 83, like people are seeing Atwood or Russ or, or mm-hmm. Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but then the biggest total could go to a, a 120 or 120 plus. So like Rake win the biggest uh, total. Yeah. Um, and then on, on the women's side, uh, for the IPF points, a lot of people are seeing that 84s are seeing Amanda versus Danny. Whoever kind of wins that and, and based on their body weight figures out the points will win that. And then for the biggest total, um, it could be a Bonica that wins that one. Yeah. E- either way, it's gonna be that's gonna be super exciting to watch. I think yeah. they'll do a good job on production too. I, I don't, I can't see them cheaping out on it. Yeah, I mean, so far, if anyone goes and looks at the SPD Apparel or SPD USA Instagram and some of the other ones, you'll see they're already pumping out some uh, some advertising, some cool uh, posters of different battles um, that will be going down. Yep. Um, performances or showdowns, I think the 74s at Nationals next year. I'm pretty excited to see that. Yeah, definitely. That, that was uh, exciting uh, last year with the squat battle. And then it was exciting all the way up until people saw uh, Michael drop down his deadlift opener because he was cramping up and he didn't have time to warm up or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so that kind of like killed off the battle for the total. So, yeah, everyone's now excited to see, like, oh, well, what will he do with the Arnold? What will Atwood do at Sheffield? And then uh, what will be the battle at Nationals if, if Michael and these other guys can stay healthy and get stronger and see someone actually push Atwood at Nationals? Yeah, either way, I think he's going to be – I mean, he was pushed this, this year. Uh, I think he was pushed a little bit harder than normal. But by next year, some of these guys, if they're healthy and continue training, uh, I could see it being even closer. Yeah, definitely. I think in previous years, uh, people might be like 25 to like 40 kilos behind. Uh, and then someone will have to like go for a Hail Mary if they have a big deadlift like Blake, like you tried a couple of times. So, yeah, he wasn't really, really pushed that way. Uh, but, yeah, this last year it was actually pushed because you'd see like the opening total and then you'd see how squat was going and how bench was going. Uh, Mike was getting, getting those American records and Taylor didn't know that Michael was going to cramp up and, and not be able to warm up and, and have to decide whether he wants to risk injury or back out. So he was definitely being pushed up to that point, up to that yeah. point until the final change. And then, then he didn't have any more stress. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a tight battle between Atwood, Michael say, and then potentially I think Richard Cho uh, is starting to become more well-rounded, but his deadlift is so crazy that, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen yeah yeah definitely uh uh richard was the, putting up some crazy numbers in the in the gym and he's got that monster deadlift he's he's got the american record so yeah we'll see how his training goes he got uh austin perkins too who, who's done some equipped and raw for midland um he's just a young kid so we'll see how he develops so and that yeah. that definitely that weight class for for nationals coming up is going to be one that everyone's going to want to see yeah um i'm also excited to see jonathan keiko at worlds dude he's uh, he's, he's a freak <laughs> he's putting up some crazy numbers i was just like roaming through instagram last night and see him do like a 765 pound deadlift yeah uh, and like early this week he did like a 500 pound bench that was like a warm-up uh, For a double, didn't he double it i thought he I saw might yeah, he might have done more as well. The one I saw, I think, was like 500 uh, single that just like flew up. And then uh, squat, he did like uh, 307 kilos. Um, 
So I think that adds up to like eight eight seventy, eight seventy five kilo total. Crazy. And if you, <laughs> if, you if you if you take some of his other best numbers from training where he pushed the bench more and stuff like that, it's like like a nine hundred kilo total or maybe a little bit more. So yeah, he's ridiculous numbers in training. Yeah, and it's his first world, so I, I think he's going to want to try and put together a really good meet. Yeah, everyone's going to want to see, okay, he's putting these great numbers in in the gym. How much weight does he have to cut? Um, and then the traveling to Europe, and then, like, yeah, his first world, see what other competition, who enters in that weight class, um, seeing if he has to actually be, like, conservative and just pull off the win, or if there's not going to be anywhere and it can go more aggressive and put up some crazy numbers. So that'll be definitely just uh, interesting to watch to see like uh, who will be competing against and what kind of strategy he takes. Yeah. Um, who else? I don't know if I have anybody else. Oh, maybe uh, I'd be excited to see uh, Joseph Amendola potentially bench close to 600. <laughs> that'd be that'd be cool. That, that that's another one that uh, just this week you see him like doing a touch and go bench with 500 pounds uh, for five reps. Yeah, uh, like it's nothing. So he's doing the the Arnold full power. So we'll see what he can bench in a, in a full power. And then, yeah, see if he can inch his weight closer to 270, 272.5, 275 would be pretty ridiculous. Yeah, that'd be insane. Um, you got anybody else you're looking forward to? Uh, some of the usual ones that we mentioned. I mean, people obviously want to see at Sheffield, Amanda versus Danny again. So that one's going to be one that like people will be excited for a number of times going forward um, this year and future years, as long as they're like close within each other. Um, I think people will be excited for that. I think some people will at least be intrigued to see what Ray does this year to see um, if his total starts going back up, how much it goes back up. If he can get back to those records by the, by worlds or maybe by nationals. I think people will be interested to see that. Um, and then a good battle that happened last year that I think, could potentially be set up again for this year would be the uh, 72s at Worlds. That was yeah. a fun little battle last year. We, there was about four or five lifters that were like going back and forth um, on various lifts and on a total, and Kim had to do the the last pull for the win. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if like Jessica Butner comes back um, in that weight class again. You get the Russian to come. You get uh, Isabella coming. You got Kim. You got all these people uh, with more time to train, more time to get stronger, maybe come up with a different strategy. So that won't be interesting to see if anyone can finally dethrone Kim or not. Yeah, that'll be a, a tight pack again, I think. And I think the same for the 63s as well. Yeah. So th- those are like going to be the weight classes that people want to see. Like, okay, there's four or five top people. Um, what kind of attempts are they going to pick? What kind of strategy are they going to do um, to see who can come off with the championship uh, versus something like maybe – the uh, 93s, like I said, with Jonathan Kaiko, he might not have anyone nearby him. So it's going to be interesting to just see, like, how crazy can he go with big numbers and can he, like, put up a total that would be competitive in the weight class above him even. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd rather see that because he has a huge total that he's capable of. Yeah, I mean, that's what, like, people like to see sometimes with, like, Ray Williams at the Arnold, that top performance uh, was because there's. One, it didn't really matter if he won or lost to Arnold because it's not a national or world championship. And two, there was no one close to him in total. So they can just go for whatever they wanted. So I think they probably had a plan for 500 that day if it was there on the squat. 
Um, mm-hmm. It turned out that they just went with a 490, I believe. Only 490. Yeah, uh, only. But that's what people want to see. Is like it's almost like a like an all star game or something like that, where yeah. there's no there's no competition behind you. It doesn't really matter whether you win or lose. So just go all out and see what you can do. Yeah, it's like a home run derby. Yeah. Shout out to Pete Alonzo for winning the home run derby. <laughs> I'm excited to see the the Mets not take a huge shit this year. <laughs> Not not powerlifting related, but you know. Yeah, and I don't I don't watch too much baseball, but as far as no, the the, the Mets and my uh, Miami Marlins uh, don't do well. Yeah, the Marlins are. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even go there. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Mets have have the lineup, so we'll see. We're we're getting off base, but you know, <laughs> got to talk about the Mets when I can. Um, all right, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah, I mean, I think that covers everything uh, for going forward. Uh, anything else that might pop up, it would just be like a surprise for us. Might Just like last year, it will be uh, interesting to see if anyone new comes into the sport or something like that. Yeah, I mean, if the trajectory, if 2019 is a is a, uh, a good base point for the trajectory of the sport, 2020 is going to be even crazier. Yeah, like w- one possible surprise uh, – I don't know exactly how long it'll take, but IPF just posted a thing about how they got uh, China to come on as the new nation. So who knows if they'll be able to have any competitors actually compete this year um, and what kind of crazy potential might come out of that country. Yeah. Yeah. And as, as a more, more countries come on board, I think you're just going to see it blow up even more. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to go deadlift and overshoot my singles. So uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds uh, good. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>